Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of the Cold Popshire podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch or get two extra exclusive podcasts a month, then please consider becoming a patron and joining us at www.patreon.com forward slash Popshire. Hello everybody and welcome to Film Franchise Fortnights on the Cop Popshire Podcast. My name is AJ and as usual I'm joined by Richard. Hey Richard. Hey AJ. And today we have a very uh, special guest, none other than Phil Better of the Phil Better Show. How are you going Phil Better of the Phil Better Show? Uh, I'm feeling better already that I'm here on uh, the show, sir. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Um, so you are, you're from Canada, right? Yes, as yes, you say, Canada. How Canadians <laughs> usually say, "I'm from Canada." Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm the, from the, specifically <laughs> Quebec, the pro- the French province of Canada. Uh, yeah. Bonjour, bonjour, bon <laughs> monsieur. We're getting international here. Some wow. nice flavor. Nice. Uh, and you, so you have a show, as I said, called the Phil Better Show. What do you talk about on your? Uh, when we talk about me and Al, we talk about movies, we talk uh, sometimes TV shows, uh, we're branching off into different topics as well, becoming more varied, but at mm-hmm. a core, it's a movie podcast that two film buffs love, but I found out recently that I know nothing about movies from being <laughs> on a podcast that, a uh, game show podcast, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, we're, we're, you know, Ooh. we're also two film buffs who love movies. We should um, get on some of those, AJ. Yeah, we should get on some game shows. Uh, oh God! <laughs> so I was—I actually guest starred on an episode of your show yes. last year, um, where we talked about uh, sequels that don't exist but should. Yeah, you were pitching um, me these amazing sequels, and we were just having a—it's actually one of my most downloaded episodes in New Zealand, oh. surprisingly. Nowhere else. <laughs> no one else downloaded I this movie. Why. <laughs> wow. I, I saw just recently that we. Um, are in the top 100 uh, most downloaded film and TV podcasts in Barbados. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Look what at a- that. <laughs> We've got a big Barbados. I bet that means we have like one Barbados listener. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and the, the stats just aren't that incredible for that genre in Barbados. Yeah. Um, but hey, so uh, yeah, I'll put a link to that episode of your show in the show notes. But on our show, this is, of course, Film Franchise Fortnights, where every fortnight we discuss a different film franchise. Uh, but this episode is somewhat of a sequel of sorts to our last film franchise episode, uh, where we talked about the Spy Kids quadrilogy, um, because Spy Kids has a spin-off series, Richard and Phil. Did you guys know that? <laughs> yeah, I've actually seen both of them. Oh uh, wow! <laughs> surprisingly, you you who is on the podcast have seen both these film franchises. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I have not seen both. I've only seen the one that I've been chosen to come on mm. the show for. Yes. So you have you not, you've never seen Spy Kids in any capacity. I've seen clips here and there. Obviously, you know, um, mm. I used to work in a movie theater, so it was coming out around that time. So I'd walk right. in and see the movie, but slightly out of the age range when these movies yeah, came yeah. out. You know. <laughs> I am I am the oldest man in podcasting. Apparently, that's what happens okay. on my show. So, interesting! Wow, what an honor! Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I look good for like um, one hundred and ten. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I like that you haven't seen Spy Kids. That brings a purity to this discussion about <laughs> the two films in the Machete uh, spinoff series. Um, <sighs> so, yeah, th- this is an R-rated. There's two films, and they're both R-rated, which is significant because uh, Spy Kids is G-rated. <laughs> they are, they it's are family very, friendly. Yeah, it's very family friendly, and these movies are technically a spin-off, though. Maybe they're not, and I'll get more into that Ooh, later. Um, and they they follow Uncle Machete, who is a you know a, a secondary character in the Spy Kids movies, played by Danny Trejo or Trejo. How would you say that? Tre- Tre- Trejo. 
Trejo. Tre- Trejo. Trejo. Um, it's Danny Trejo, yeah. my friend. Who in, in the Spy Kids movie is like their rough, tough, grizzled uncle who's a secret agent. But has a heart uh, of gold. Has a heart of gold. And that is carried over with more blood, guts, and nudity into the machete films. Um, so I have so- a quick question before we continue. I apologize mm-hmm. for interrupting. No, all good. Is his name actually Machete in the Spy it- Kid movies? Or is it yeah, just in the spike? Yeah, in the Spy Kids movies, they call him Machete, but his real name is Isidore. Okay. Yeah, they call him Uncle Machete. Yeah, Uncle or Uncle Machete. In the in the Machete films, his legal name is Machete. <laughs> okay, I just I, I wasn't sure because like I'm like watching, and I'm like, I know this is a sequel to Spy Kids, but did they actually call him Machete in Spy Kids? Mm. No, they do the- call him Machete and Spy Kids. <laughs> it okay. is as weird. It is as, as like unavoidably weird as it sounds to have okay. an R rated spin off. Just wanted to make sure that you know I was in the right mind frame uh, mm. for the rest of yeah. the discussion. No, fair enough. So yeah, he is the uncle of the Spy Kids, and the uh, Machete films are more or less a kind of brand new canon. There's there's a lot of the same actors playing different characters from its mother series, um, and despite technically being a spin-off of Spy Kids, the two films are actually an expansion of a fake trailer from Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino's 2007 Grindhouse double feature. So if you ever saw planet terror or death proof at the start they had a bunch of fake trailers for other b-grade films machete was one of them and the uh, b-movie and exploitation style of grindhouse is carried over for the machete films and the first film does include some footage from that original joke trailer yeah and so the other trailers were i believe edgar wright made one called don't um there was eli roth made a thanksgiving one and yep. I can't remember who directed it, but there was Hobo with a Shotgun, which also got made into a feature film. And apparently mm. there's talk of making the Thanksgiving one into into one. There you go. They should. So the two... F- yeah, they should. Have you, have you seen Grindhouse, Phil? I've seen bits and pieces again, working at a movie mm. theater. I walked in on a few of them, and sometimes it sucks, because you walk in on the, the twist, and you're like, are we allowed to swear? <laughs> Yeah. Just, yes, no, absolutely. Okay, okay, go, it's fucking, go for it. <laughs> okay, you're like, fuck, man. <laughs> fuck. And you walk that, out, and you're that, all pissed off. Yeah, that of is why, shit. despite um, being, you know, I was, I've been into movies since I was a teenager, and everyone was like, why don't you get a job at a movie theater? And that was the reason why I didn't yeah. want to, to do that. <laughs> so there you go. You don't want to have to um, work when, like, something like Endgame comes out, and you haven't seen it yet, but you have to, mm. like clean up after people that are talking about spoilers as they walk out so mm. one of the things about working at movie theaters i don't know if there it's all of them but the ones that I, the one that i worked at whenever there was a large like movie that came out like star wars i was there during yeah. the prequels um lord of the rings those big movies usually we had a midnight showing the like the day of so like yeah, let's yeah. say it's it comes out on thursday wednesday at midnight going into thursday so they legally allowed yeah. to show it we mm, would have yeah. a midnight screening for it so you would you people who went to see it didn't have that oh fuck it's i've been ruined you know because of this movie mm. so the whole staff mm. got a chance to see it that's yeah cool. well that's good i remember my friend worked at the movie theater and they illegally watched the dark knight rises before the premiere well because oh, they, sure. they, they have to play it to make sure it works so mm-hmm. like, cause, cause yeah, I had a friend that worked at the movie theater and he, he would say that they'd get a text on, so say movies come out on Thursdays on like Monday or Tuesday night. Um, they'll just send out a text that's like, we're playing down Dark Knight Rises. If you can get here within two hours, you can watch it. Um, because yeah. they have to like, I would play be the there already. Film. Like my ass would be outside the door going, okay, let me in now, please. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> Um, so yeah, Machete, the first film was just called Machete, came out in 2010. It was directed by Robert Rodriguez and Ethan Maniquis, which is the only film in the Spy Kids Machete series that is not solely directed by Robert Rodriguez, and the only film that Ethan Maniquis has, you know, the word direct is even mentioned in his resume. Um, he's, you know, he, he's the only co-director on this, and he's never directed any other films. Yeah. He's, he's one of Rodriguez's editors, I think, so... Yeah. I don't know why he was upgraded well, well, to Rodriguez, but- um is like quite good like this because also um, Sin City is um, credited to Rodriguez and Frank Miller who did the comic. Yeah, true, um, yeah. And so I think he's quite generous with stuff like because he said 
that um you know like essentially frank miller storyboarded the film when he made the comic so yeah. that's like part partly directing it and so i think that because um rodriguez is saying about how so much of directing a film and putting a story together is done in post-production that this guy um you know actually has such a voice in a lot of his films that he mm. um you know deserves a director's credit oh nice there you go uh so what do we think machete is rated on rotten tomatoes any guesses i personally want to say it's a hundred percent but i know it's not um <laughs> yeah. I, one thing i love horrible movies like mm. movies that are like mm. b movies all the way down yeah, to yeah. z movies like give me just give me content and i'll love it um and i also am a huge danny trejo fan um mm ever since i seen him in desperado i was like uh i love you more mm. so nice. i want I, I want his first leading movie you know to be at 100 percent. i know it's not i'm gonna say 78 <laughs> ish okay i want to go with Richard, like a 78 because rodriguez yeah. has a huge fan base and so is danny trejo so that's what i'm hoping kind of skews it towards that yeah yeah yeah, yeah i was gonna say about around 70 yeah it's got 72 so that's that's a respectable score. You it know. is for this kind of film as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, Richard, can you tell me what Machete is about? Oh Jesus! I forgot that I needed to do this. Um, <laughs> so uh, let me pull up the uh, Wikipedia page so I can kind of uh, get a broad strokes. Wow. Um, it, it, it's a plot deep about type it. of so, movie. It kind is of about. Yeah, it is about more than than I was prepared for it to yeah. be about. Yeah. <laughs> um okie dokie so machete is um it's like so he's been his wife has been killed and so he's like it's like a revenge mission um and oh yeah okay so there's this whole plot to (laughs) i'm now just remembering what the film's about it's Um, hard because it's it's like it's like four movies in one kind of or it starts yeah, off like four movies in a way. Yeah, yeah. To, no, no, or it has four branches and it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's there's this whole plot with uh, Senator John McLaughlin, who's um, Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's the whole, like, you know, parody of a, of a um, villain um politician who yeah. wants to like build a wall yeah um, one, a- one where in 2010 it was like lol imagine if this guy was running for president as and if then that all would of a sudden happen. sudden <laughs> yeah. you know yeah a lot of these movies back then are coming true now i'm worried there, yeah there is there is some prophetic stuff in machete 2010 <laughs> um so yeah that, that plot involves um like an assassination attempt on him um which is and it's all orchestrated by the bad guy is um uh lapidus from lost jeff Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, and then what else is going on this time you've got um jessica albers in there as well she's an an, an ice officer which again in 2019 is like you wouldn't you wouldn't boast your like lead female character as a as an ice officer in a in a 2019 film (laughs) she becomes like the love interest for um machete one of them one of the lovers yeah 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 one of one of many you've also got um lindsay lohan <laughs> yeah you've got michelle um, rodriguez as well yeah who's who's like the leader of a she's she's referred to as she and she's like the leader of the the like mexican uprising um it's it's a very it's just it's a very this film is a lot more to say than i thought it would as i said mm-hmm. before it's 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 mm. all about uh like immigration and and the kind of struggle of the american illegal immigrant i guess um yeah and it's it's um, very interesting it's it's yeah as i say it's 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 yeah, a lot more so deep you've than also I was expecting. got um steven seagal's like the the big bad yep um, i just love that <laughs> yeah i i yeah it's um yeah it's a lot of fun yeah and Cheech Cheech Marin shows up again. Oh, yeah. I love um, Cheech Marin too. <laughs> who's the uh, other uncle in Machete? Yeah, yeah. And um, Spike it, sorry. Yep. Um. So yep. So that was followed in 2013 by Machete Kills, which was only directed by Robert Rodriguez. Uh, any ideas what this will have on Rotten Tomatoes? 
I'm going to uh, say it's a little I'm worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to guess like 40. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's got... Like 32? Yeah, it's got 30. So a lot lower, um, a lot less 50%. respectable. <laughs> uh, Phil, can you tell us, you know, in, in broad terms, what is Machete Kills about? So they want to stop Mexican drug cartels from getting guns. Mm-hmm. You have the great Charlie Sheen <laughs> playing the president who recruits Machete. He's um, actually credited in the film as Carlos Estevez. Yes, his, uh, his in, legal introducing name. Introducing Carlos yeah. Estevez. Yeah, I just um, well, I think at the start he's credited as Charlie Sheen, but at the end it's Carlos Estevez. And in the trailers it was Carlos Estevez, right. I remember. Um, so, yeah, he's... It's a bit confusing, this movie, too. <laughs> it, it's it's <laughs> just a lot of plot points. So you have Machete, who's recruited by Charlie Sheen to take out a psychopath who's threatening yeah. to nuclear war. Um, yeah. So he goes to down to the States, try and find this guy. He It turns out the guy's heart <laughs> is connected to the detonator. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, you got this Star Trek fan as mel gibson yeah mel gibson yeah oh my god i love mel gibson's choices for (laughs) movies now because he's like i don't care anymore i'm doing anything and he just Mm. it's like it's a nick cage situation now and i love that um it turns out that yeah he's it's so weird somehow it ends in space yeah so that's like (laughs) yeah the the yeah, the basic plot is that Mel Gibson wants to Mel Gibson in a in a weird, t- a very interesting character turn, but one that felt unmotivated by the rest of the plot. Mel Gibson suffers from like extreme deja vu, so he can see the future or he's seen the future, uh, and he um, wants to. De- he's seen the world get destroyed, so he wants to destroy it himself and then <laughs> fly everyone up, or well, you know, the elite up into space, and so. Machete's got to stop that. Um, so yeah, if the first one is is like this very close to the heart story about um, immigration, the second one is like Machete goes on a mission, <laughs> and it's no it's nowhere near as as deep or um, you know intrinsically linked to Machete as a character. Or there, and there's no social um, conversations. Commentary. In this one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, commentary. Yep. That's the word I was looking yeah, for. Yeah, Look, yeah. you're. You're smarter than me already. Jesus. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah. I've got here. I've got here on my notes to ask you guys mm. what was your favorite. I think we can both agree it was <laughs> the first one. Yes, yeah. clearly the first one's better, but it's not. In a way, it's not like the second one's worse. Like it's yeah. one of those weird <laughs> ones where, like, it feels weird to be like, "Oh, the second one's way worse." You can say yeah. the first one's way they're, better, they're but I don't at a think level it's a, where they're yeah. not g- great. But they're yeah. not the worst piece of trash that's been out there. You know, Yui Bold is still making movies, so we're safe. <laughs> the, it's also one of those, like, in on the joke kind of things. Mm. Um, where, yeah, it depends on, like, whether or not... Like, like they know what they're making very clearly. And, I mean, it, yeah. it's one of those ultimate, like, oh, it looks like everyone's you're having fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and it's like, like snakes it's, on the plane. Like no one thought it would actually come to fruition. Now that it is, they're like, we're gonna have fun with this and see how crazy yeah. we can go. Exactly. Yeah, and like the, these, the both of them are jam packed full of like A list actors that you wouldn't like. Robert De Niro was probably the most shocking one. I didn't know he was in it, oh, and then he's like a main character in the first film. And then like you know, Lady Gaga is in the second one. You got. Cuba Gooding Jr. and Walton Goggins make cameos and like you know it's so jam-packed. Banderas. You got Sofia Vergara as well. Vergara, yeah, yeah. Charlie um, Sheen, like yeah, yeah. It's it's jam-packed. And what's crazy is like I feel almost like Machete's cultural impact has not lasted that long, but the the way that all these A-listers were happy to be in it kind of makes it feel like it was the biggest thing at the time. But they really, I don't remember them being that big when they came out. But yeah, it's like they're big now. But when that came out, the only big name in it was um, was Robert De Niro, pretty much. Mm. Right. I I feel like Jessica Alba was pretty, pretty oh, yeah, famous. But- yeah, Alba like jessica well de niro and then jessica but mm. then you had like all these former big names like yeah, yeah. steven seagal yeah. Rod- right. uh, so rodriguez of, yeah. don johnson yeah all these yeah. like has been that are trying they're hoping that rodriguez can be pull a uh tarantino on their career 
and bring them <laughs> back to the thing. Some people actually said Lindsay Lohan's um, part in this was supposed to spark her re- revitalization. And then she went to Scary Movie 5. So. Uh, yeah, it's because um, this was around the time that The Canyons came out as well, which was um, the, I believe, Paul Schrader directed more or less porn, which starred James Dean, the porn star as well. And um, okay. featured mostly nude scenes from her. And this was supposed to be like her big comeback. But it's like, you know, you can't have a film which stars like porn star James Dean and, and take it seriously. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it is like, um, I, I imagine it's one of those things where you, a lot of these people are signing on because it's like, do you want to just come in for for a few days and just do the most like campy, ridiculous? Yeah, yeah. And like, this is the dialogue you'll be delivering. And I think that Robert Rodriguez has a reputation for being really fun to work with and like yeah. the, the kind of goodwill of the Spy Kids films and like, hey, do you want to do that? Like, do you, do you want to be a Spy Kid, but we're mm-hmm. going to have heaps of squibs, you know, blood yeah, flying yeah. everywhere. Or he has a lot of dirt on a lot of actors and he's like look i'll release this if you're not in this movie and they're like fine he's like you don't have to take it serious like it's not a ma- it's not a serious movie but yeah. i will release this bit of dirt on you and it's like damn yeah yeah well he wasn't he was pretty tight with um harvey weinstein <laughs> <laughs> yeah very oh. like ca- casual blackmail you know yeah, yeah. um so what what impresses me most about the series is less like the quality of the films themselves and more that what they say about like the unstoppable force that is Robert Rodriguez cuz like the fact that he expanded a tongue in cheek fake trailer to a full length feature film and then actually made it and then actually made a sequel to this based on another fake promotion at the end of the made from a fake trailer movie <laughs> is like a creative freedom that I think I've seen a lot of filmmakers talk about, but very few actually follow through on. For sure, you know how many how many unmade films has Tarantino gotten his back catalogue? Yeah, you know, Del Toro, Pulp Fiction spinoff, or Del Toro. Like, like there is something so um, refreshing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's refreshing. Like, I, <laughs> it's it's just like I don't. I've never seen. I don't know another filmmaker like Robert Rodriguez who actually just genuinely does whatever he wants and does these strange and I like these ideas that don't feel like they can be expanded and then he makes two films out of uh, well, um, yeah. it's similar kind of thing but I think it's it's they're, they're all cut from the same cloth but um like Clint Eastwood's another one that just keeps making movies and a lot mm. of them are like, like his um what was it the the fifteen seventeen to Paris where it's like, yeah. oh, we're going to get the real guys in. Um, but I think th- these guys, and I think Ron Howard's kind of another one as well, that they're all known for being like, that come in under time and under budget. And yeah. so, and, and like Robert Rodriguez is like, can the squeeze the hell out of a penny. Um, yeah. Like we're talking about how in Island of Lost Dreams, how he um, didn't ask for more money. He just wanted more creative yeah. freedom. And that's the thing that he can do all this on a shoestring budget because he you know doesn't need to pay like a cinematographer because he can do it he doesn't need to pay an editor because he can do it yeah nice yeah that's a good point um so we have covered a few spin-offs on this show before and a few different types of spin-offs and spin-offs kind of have their own cinematic language that we've come to learn and i think the machete films gave me flashbacks to another antonio banderas imbued spin-off uh, which Ooh. is puss in boots the spin-off to oh. the shrek films <laughs> um because both machete and the puss in boots films feel like their respective titular character has been plucked out of their universe and placed in an entirely new one with several tonal inconsistencies and flat out continuity errors um <laughs> you know like uh like and both both trejo and trejo and trejo. rodriguez they have both made two different statements regarding the Machete films' canonicity to the Spy Kids movies. Um, Trejo has said that it's what Uncle Machete does when he's not taking care of the kids, while <laughs> Rodriguez has stated on a Reddit AMA that the Spy Kids and Machete films are alternate universes. Interesting. Um, which makes, I think Rodriguez's explanation makes a lot more sense when you look at the fact that not only do we see the same actors from Spy Kids return as new characters, but we're also told that, like, Machete's brother in the Machete films is a priest played by Cheech Marin, and while in Spy Kids canon, Cheech plays, like, his, so in, in Spy Kids canon, Antonio Banderas is Machete's brother. 
uh, and Cheech plays Uncle Felix, but he goes out of his way several times in those films to make it clear to Carmen and Journey that he's not their real uncle. You know, so <laughs> it's it's flat out ignoring family ties unless he just doesn't mention um whatever Antonio Banderas's character's name was in Spy Kids. It's it's funny that that you're like um that the explanation of um it's the alternate universes and this is why um makes more sense than just like it's what he's doing when he's not there yeah (laughs) (laughs) like no no alternate universes it makes more sense than it could be it you know what it could be these could be prequels these could be prequels to the spy kid movies have you thought of that people yeah well i think they're set in modern day though it's hard to tell well, he, does. yeah, he, he, he doesn't text. But. Well, he doesn't text, yeah. Yeah, well, he and does he eventually, but yeah. <laughs> Machete, he don't, don't text. Fun piece of trivia about that line is that uh, Danny Trejo would call up Robert Rodriguez to try to get this movie made all the time, and we, and Robert Rodriguez one day was like, why don't you just text me? And he said, Machete, don't text, which became what they wanted to be a famous line from the film, but I don't know. Well, this was- <laughs> Machete was actually born from... Uh, Desperado. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. That that was that was how, like in Desperado. I haven't seen it, but Robert Rodriguez was so impressed by oh. Danny Trejo in Desperado that he wanted to make a character based on him. Um, and he said he said that he said when I met Danny, I said this guy is like the should be like the Mexican Jean Claude Van Damme or Charles Bronson, putting out a movie every year, and his name should be Machete. Yeah, so and, and that's what he has now. Like Danny Trejo is in so many movies. Exactly. Oh, he's he's the best working actor <laughs> I have ever seen. I love him. Like he pops it pops up when I hear like he was in like Breaking Bad. I was like, yeah, yeah, he's uh, in Breaking Bad. Yeah, he was yeah, in Breaking yes. Bad. In Breaking Bad, I was like, yes, badassery. <laughs> then he was in Sons of Anarchy. I'm like, yes, <laughs> and I'm like, whenever he pops up, it immediately just for me gets this golden star around nice. the show because it just becomes amazing like i know he's not the greatest actor in the world like i know (laughs) he's not i'm not pretending he is i don't have a blinders on i just love his presence yeah Yeah. his presence when he comes on screen you just know one of two things either your ass is going to be very very kicked hard or you're just going to have a fun time. Yeah. And I like he said but i've i've read somewhere before that he likes to play bad guys who get killed because he wants to like communicate the message that crime doesn't pay to like yeah, people. Yeah, he, he's he's a real seems like a real good dude because there's like his famous thing talking about how he doesn't do his own stunts as well because they're like oh you know that's the cool thing to want to do your own stunts but he's like no nah, I don't need to um like because if I'm the lead in a film and I do a stunt and I get hurt that shuts down production for a month and all these people don't have work like you know mm. you're affecting hundreds of people's jobs um just to show off that I have he's cojones. also 75 years yeah. old but he's, he's 70, like, isn't that insane yeah <laughs> um he's 75 years old I just opened up pulled up his uh wikipedia I'm like because as you were talking Richard I'm like how old is he? Because I'm like, if he's like 50, like Tom Cruise is out there yeah. jumping onto planes, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, and I look, I'm like, holy fuck, he's 75. Yeah. yeah. Like, no shit, he doesn't want to do his own stunts. <laughs> you fucking going to break a hip? He's like, I have to jump on this horse. No. Bring in Julio. Yeah. Bring in Julio. He'll do it. I'm not risking my hips. <laughs> fuck that. No. Um, and do you see he, he recently like pulled a baby out of a... um out of a crash of course he did there's like a, a car crash a five-year-old um that was like this car flipped over and he like pulled a, a child out of a burning car like last month wow. wow that's so beautiful of course he did he's also apparently second cousins to rodriguez really that makes a lot of sense wait no but <laughs> did we meet him on the set of disparate i don't know but anyway um Rodriguez's comments about Machete and the fact that um, he like, oh, he's like, I have to make a character for Danny. And he, and he thought about that when he was making Desperado, which was like 10 years before Spy Kids. This leads me to think that the decision to continue the character past the Spy Kids films was less motivated by doing a spin-off. And it's more like Rodriguez had created this character that he really wanted to explore and just happened to put him in Spy Kids before he put him in anything else. Yeah, yeah. That's what it seems like. <laughs> yeah, like he machete was always the, the 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 film machete was the one he always the thing he always wanted to make and then he's like oh man it'd be funny if i put him in this yeah first yeah yeah, yeah it's almost like an inside joke yeah 
Um, so yeah, yeah, maybe Machete and Machete Kills aren't spin-offs to Spy Kids. It's more that Spy Kids was a vessel for Rodriguez and Trejo to explore the character. Machete. So uh, we talked a bit before about how the first Machete is like a real relevant piece of, this is such good um, good headlines for your podcast and your, your think pieces, you know, like we need to rewatch Machete in 2019 because it's all about, um, you know, the social commentary the social, that it's talking about yeah, the is very relevant today, yeah. and it's profound. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, it's huge, <laughs> and it's it's cool that um, and it it, it kind of led me down the thought track that like, because Arrested Development did this too. Arrested Development season four came out before the Trump administration was in full swing. And that is about building a wall across the border, which leads me to think, and I don't, I don't, maybe as, as someone who's a bit older, Phil, maybe you could shed some historical light on this, is, <laughs> is, was the idea of building a wall along the border, was that already an idea and Trump just became like a mouthpiece for that? So from what I can remember, I think it was Bush Jr. Oh, Okay came up with an idea for a wall or some sort of like physical structure, like a physical structure across. Mm. Um, I don't think Clinton did it. And I don't think his, uh, before Clinton was senior. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I will shit. Look at me. Um, <laughs> Canadian knowing more about American politics than his own. Um, well, I do. We do have an election in like two months, I think. Nice. Um, anyways. <laughs> uh, so I think, <laughs> Random facts with Phil Better. Yeah, it's good. Um, so yeah, I think with Junior, he started the idea of a wall. Right. And I think so this is going to get me into like conspiracy thinking mm-hmm. here. So bear with me. I think just like how the the Democrats before Clinton put a female up mm. against senior, I think. Um the Democrats knew that, oh, if they see that we've put a female up, they'll vote for us the next election. I think it was like a ploy. Right. So I think with uh, with Junior tr- planting the idea of a wall, a lot of the base that is the Republican base that is for the wall, mm. they started like, oh, that, that's not a bad idea. And then when Trump came along and said, wall, yeah. everybody was like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Because that, that they had it germated for like 16 16- 20 years i don't know yeah the election cycle in the states however it is but they they had a germate in it they've talked about it and they're like oh you know what a wall wall so peppering a wall here and there in the republican speak so i think it was a uh, junior that uh started the wall talk but trump is the mouthpiece pretty much yeah well because that would make sense the amount of times it shows up pre pre-trump era is yeah <laughs> it feels like that's what it's gonna be yeah yeah, I, I, I've just sorry, I just pulled up the Wikipedia, but it seems like um, Bush Senior like approved some fencing along the border, and then mm, okay. so like not like a full wall spanning the entire thing, and then like with um, Clinton, it kind of and like through his um, two terms, it kind of like kept going until yeah, in um, two thousand five, there was like it's the, the talk of actually let's a wall across the entire thing or like significant chunks of it actually be covered by a physical wall um, was 2005, 2006. Right. How's that for a political allegory is you start with a fence, you'll end at a wall, you know, start talking about a fence. Um, So there's a quote I really like from Machete and it's not a particularly obscure quote, but I wanted to read it out loud here, which is uh, Machete don't text. Yeah. It's Machete don't text. No, it's um, from Jessica Alba's character who, when she's trying to incite an uprising to save Machete, Um, She says, I am a woman of the law and there are lots of laws, but if they don't offer us justice, then they aren't laws. They're just lines drawn in the sand by men who would stand on your your back for power and glory. We didn't cross the border, the border crossed us. And I was like, fuck yeah, man. Why is this in my spike and spin off? Like this is so awesome. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm ready to storm the border. How about you guys? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm going down to the states. Screw this. <laughs> See you guys later. You, <laughs> you storm the, the Canadian Canadian American border. It's like that's the And they're just looking at me like, uh son, you okay? <laughs> I'm storming the border for my compatriots down south. The border crossed um, you, son, Phil. please. Please leave the vicinity and stop taking weed. I know it's legal, but stop it. It's crazy. (laughs) 
Um, so and a, a term that Richard, you introduced me to recently on the podcast is the term fridged. I didn't know about this till oh, we yeah. talked about it at some point. Uh, I think it was on a Patreon episode. Do you know what fridged means, Phil? Um, going by the little sense, it's the place I put my food. Yeah, yeah, that's when you put your food in the fridge. No, it's uh, it's when a it's when a woman character in a story is killed off to insp- like as like motivation for the hero, the 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 male hero. Right? Yeah, so they've and stuck the woman in the fridge as the. I'm not 100 right. sure where the term comes from, but it's, yeah, it's 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 putting the woman aside because like killed or injured or ridden out of the story in some way, just so that the man has a reason to hmm. a motivation. Yeah, and uh, the machete films three women are fridged across two films. <laughs> that's that's pretty impressive so at the start of the film his wife is killed then at the start of the second film jessica alba's character is killed who becomes his new love interest at the end of the first film and then vanessa hudgens shows up it like not even like late that much later in the film like end of the first act and is then also killed and it's it's i was like geez man they're really like they're really pushing i I was surprised by her death Mm. yeah because i'm like but i'm like okay yeah it makes sense you know maybe she she didn't want to be like this sex symbol or anything like that maybe she was like eh, it's a good death hmm. and then like vanessa vanessa shows up i'm like oh, okay cool she'll be and i'm like okay he doesn't have a love interest going into the third movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty much okay um so yeah cool. i just thought that was that was maybe an interesting segue into Another kind of conversation about questionable sex symbols and and questionable ethics when it comes to writing about women in these films. How do you guys feel about the fact that Alexa Pena Vega, who played Carmen in the Spy Kids films, she grew up acting under Rodriguez's direction in the Spy Kids films from the age of maybe nine or ten, and then in Machete Kills, she is cast as in a very sexualized role. She's one of the yeah, like a femme fatale. Kind yeah, of she's thing. one of the sex workers at um Sofia Vergara's uh, brothel. Uh, is this weird or is it a me problem? Like, am I not being progressive enough? And do I need to be like, no, no, it's fucking weird. <laughs> I asked some of my friends last night. I was like, should I bring this up on the podcast or is it more like, oh no, she's an adult and she's embracing her sexuality. It's fine. Or is here, here, it weird here, that? Here, he- let me flip this. I'm flipping the script. Yeah. <laughs> you you're directing or you're you're a teacher yeah and then all of a sudden a student you've had the student throughout so many years you know later you meet her at a bar she's now 18 19 i can't remember how old alexa was and she starts hitting on you Mm. how creepy do you feel wait no you start hitting on her okay sorry i'm okay you start hitting on her i'm imagining it yep (laughs) many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Not that hard. If it's Alexa Vega, hey, yeah, hello. because uh, uh, the, the the feminist in me wants to be like, no, it's she's she can be a sexual being when she's an adult. It's fine. But then also, I'm like, this is Hollywood. This is the Hollywood system. It's in a movie that's already pretty like, you know, very early 2010 sexist, and it's like, yeah, it's the height <laughs> of the me too. The height of that that style. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Movie, you know, that started at the end of the 80s. Mm. Um. No, I I probably wouldn't have noticed it then. And I'm pr- pretty sure a lot of people were like, oh, no, it's fine. You know, she's she, like feminist style. She's she's coming into her body. She's owning it. Sexuality. I look at it. It's like the stepdad situation. Mm. Like like a Woody Allen porn thing. here. I don't like I don't like step sibling step family porn because it's it's <laughs> fucking weird. OK, <laughs> like, Thank no, you for, I don't want for sharing. <laughs> That's very, no, very honest no. of you. Uh, what do you think, Richard? Um, well, it's interesting because, as well, um, the film that Rodriguez made before, directly before Machete Kills, was Spy Kids All the Time in the World, which mm. Alexa Vega um, reprises her role. Um, so it's one of those things that it's like, 
yeah, on one hand, it's like, yeah, I can see it's how, you know, you'd find it weird. And, it is, and maybe, you know, it, it is a little bit strange. But at the same time, it's like, we don't know these people. These are mm. professional directors, professional actors. And so it's like, you know, it, it, I'm sure it wasn't as weird for them as we're making it out to be. It's not like, you know, he, it's not like Rodriguez is machete and, you know, is seeing these these no he's just the director cameraman yeah. <laughs> he's you know, everything writer <laughs> you know he's everything and he's like don't worry comes in close to the boob glove yeah. don't worry it's part of the script it's part of the script you know what maybe we need we need a smaller towel yeah we got a smaller towel over here this is too much towel <laughs> the 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 best way okay if, if i was giving him the benefit of the doubt i wouldn't have a problem if he like wrote the character and then was like, who should I cast as this character? And Alexa was like, hey, Robert, I'll, I'll, I'll do it if you want. Like, then it's all good. It doesn't feel like that. Yeah, like, I, I could imagine no. that, like, he'd written Machete Kills and then on um, the, the Spy Kids all the time in the world. Because Daryl Sabara's in, um, in the first one. And, mm. you know, that he was like, oh, do you want a part of the next one? Um, yeah. Because yeah. of the genre of film we're sending up. There aren't great parts for women, um, and really, she would be- I thought all the women here had amazing parts <laughs> and so much, so much special dialogue. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and uh, according to IMDb, at the end of the armored car chase scene, uh, when Desdemona, who is um, uh, Sofia Vergara, when her crew turn around to leave, um, and Alexa Pena Vega there. Uh, a few notes from this, apparently, I don't know if this is true because it's from IMDb and I didn't rewatch to make sure it was true. A few notes from the Spy Kids theme music can be heard when Alexa turns around and reveals her exposed backside. Now, that if that's you true. You know what? <laughs> it would not surprise me. <laughs> now, now, I didn't hear different. it because obviously, <laughs> obviously I never saw a Spy Kids, so I wouldn't have caught that musical tune and I have no musical ear whatsoever. Mm. Um but it wouldn't surprise me that Rodriguez would pull something like that. Just, just kind of like a cheeky. If if this was totally innocent and there was no, you know, step sibling or yeah, step parent he's just type her situation, as an actress, and it's like she's yeah. an adult. Yeah, she's an adult, and it's like totally consent. Anything happens consensual and shit like that. No power indifference. And he was like, you know what? Just to make it like it's still connected to the universe <laughs> and just like a wink and a nod yeah. to the fact that she's all grown up. Let's play like the spy kids, like the doodoo yeah, yeah. And then like move on, like something just subtle. Yeah, so yeah. I can see it happening. But with like the everything with that comes with it, it's a little creepy. Yeah. If it is true, um, yeah. it's a little creepy. Do you want to? Um, I've just found a, an interview with Alexa Vega talking about being cast in Machete. Mm. Um, Oh, so the, it's called um, Alexa Vega talks machete kills. How she convinced Robert Rodriguez to cast her. Oh, well, there you go. So oh shit. Um, yeah, she talks about how it's like she's such a tomboy normally, and so it's fun to play someone like fierce and sexual kind of thing as Killjoy. Yeah, okay. So that kind of flips it, right? That she. Yeah, so then it's, then it's more Rodriguez is like, I don't want to be that creepy dude. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, no, be that creepy yeah. dude for me. Put me in this movie. Robert Rodriguez was like, if you if if I cast you in this movie, there are going to be podcasters in, you know, <laughs> five years talking about how I'm a creepy Woody Allen type. And I don't yeah. want that. Okay, here's the excerpt where she says, um, the, uh, talks about it. She says, like, um, she called up robert um and was like i know you're about to do sin city 2 and machete kills and i want you to like give me a cool role in sin city i, I want to do more grown-up kind of roles and he was like no no I-, I could never cast you in something like that she was like why i'm not a kid and he's like yeah you are and she's like i'm 24 um and then he was like what and then um and then she said you know people aren't taking me seriously i, I- i'm capable of doing other roles so um basically Everyone else just sees me as Carmen from Spy Kids, so you're you're the only person that can break that by giving me. Another oh role. man, I'm so glad we dug into this because this is such a more interesting story. Now. Yeah, and then he was like, <laughs> yeah. um, oh, "I've got one role. It's supposed to be an extra, but you can come in and do it, um, and it will only take a couple of hours." And so, <laughs> yeah, I did it. Oh, there you go. That makes me feel better about it. Yeah, and then she talks about how. She liked the outfit because it uh, made her butt look good. Oh, great. Well, it did. 
I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> it was a it's a beautiful ass. Um, exactly. So before we we sort of move on, is there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about with the Machete series that? I, I just a yet. bit of trivia that I read um, that because we talked about um, in the Fast and Furious episode about egos on hyper masculine sets and how they count the punches and make sure that everyone gives as good as they take kind of thing. But um, this the first film is Steven Seagal and his first um, theatrically released film in like over in 10 years. Yeah, because um, he was just a bunch of shitty director video months. But this is the only time in his career where he's lost a fight, apparently. Um, but it's even it's written so that he chooses to lose the fight. Um, and I, yeah, and yeah. I'm sure that's in his contract because by all accounts he's a, an asshole. And his 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 Wikipedia page has a section of sexual assault allegations and complaints. Um, yeah. because there's. Nearly as bad as Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah no, exactly. Um, another thing, too, the uh, the nudity in the first one uh, with Jessica Alba and Lindsay Lohan, apparently Lohan is bu- body doubled. Mm. Yeah, no, because that shot of her when you see her naked in the pool is from that original trailer before Lindsay Lohan was cast. Ah, so if you, when, when, because okay. Machete has like a three way with a mother and a daughter in a swimming pool, and the blonde one is is supposed to be Lindsay Lohan, but you never see, actually see her face in that, in that shot because yeah. that's just pulled right from the fake trailer. And then Jessica Alba, okay. we're going to say, wore. Yeah, Jessica Albert during the shower scene, mm. uh, she wore uh, like Spanx. undies, yeah. like white undies or Spanx and stuff like that. Yeah. And they just edited out in post. And she's like, I look better with stuff on than off. Yeah, Jessica Alba has a no nudity clause in her contract, which is something I feel like I've heard before, but not about any other actor or actress. I um, just you know, know uh, that- Sarah Jessica Parker had one the whole time she was doing Sex and the City. Um, oh, yeah. She was the yeah. only one that didn't. There's, didn't there's a few that have it. And then later on, they're like, fuck it, I don't care anymore. And they just... Yeah. Because there's a certain point. Yeah. Like they, Julie they, Roberts has, when, mentioned, has mentioned having one as well. Yeah, I've, I remember... I, I had a conversation with my friends the other day where I was talking about how... Um, I used when I was a kid. I used to think that nudity and like when when actors or actresses did nudity in films, it was out of a sense of desperation or a sense of you know they weren't they they didn't have the clout to be like no I'll never do nudity. But as I've grown up, it it feels more like actors and actresses talk about nudity and more of like you know if it, if the story needs it, I'll do it, which is you know honorable. Yeah, I guess there's two types the of um, nudity. There's like um, Helen Hunt and the sessions. Um, where it's like it serves the character to be naked all the time and you're also probably gonna it's probably gonna be oscar nominated um mm. kind of thing versus um you know um top topless girl number three in <laughs> yeah. something like machete or um like the yeah. piranha movies where it's like i want to make it in hollywood and mm. um they need an extra to get their boobs out and yeah. maybe maybe the right casting director is going to see my boobs and and give me an oscar role so yeah it, like or my once penis you, get, you know or my penis um <laughs> someone um part you know there, there's two very different sides of that coin but um mm. it's funny that it starts off with like pretty in your face nudity and then there's not that much throughout the rest of the film there's like you know that, that no. fully naked woman and i think that was like a conscious decision to be so that you in your mind are like oh shit this film's really going for the the Could nudity but then it's a, mm. there isn't a whole lot afterwards other than what yeah. you like you say it was already in the fake trailer yeah so jumping on what you said aj about like when you were younger having the like the idea that if an actor or an actress got nude, it was because it's desperation. I believe that probably in the older movies, like the eighties yeah. and maybe up to the mid nineties, that was probably the case. Yeah. And then it slowly started switching when actors and actresses were like, no, because I remember there was a point where nudity kind of just dropped off in just everyday main films. Mm-hmm. Like action movies, when I was growing up, I remember there was always a, a new, like there was always a topless chick. Yeah, and the the yeah. idea of an R-rated blockbuster now is like, you know, almost unheard of. Because and of, and even then, they don't yeah. really have. Yeah, they're not R-rated because of boobies. Mm. Yeah, it's it's the guts and gore and the the swearing. Yeah, really, because the dangerous, dangerous but swearing. Then, <laughs> yeah, but then moving into like 
the mid nineties, close to the millennial millennium. Millen- yeah. Fucking word. <laughs> that t- 2000. <laughs> and then plus it, it was like, you know what? No, we don't have nudity and actors and actresses are like, no, they're standing up. And then it got relegated to like, you know, art house to horror movies and art arts then it became like the, a switch that was like artistic nudity in the movie like it never it didn't really serve the point of the film but the way they shot it it was artistic it was like kind of like kubrick's um as what shot that yes because it's like it's kind of more artistic than like just gratuity boobs here hey look boobs hey! yeah it's about sexuality rather than Six. Yeah, like there, there was that, that that switch, and then like people are like, I have no problem doing nudity as long as it's X Y Z. It serves a purpose, and it's not just like, hey, look, titties, enjoy the titties, you know. Yeah. So I think I yeah, which is is cool. I like that. You know, it's 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 I'm trying not to to sound like just a horny devil. I, I'll, the, I'll save you the problem. The- I like boobs in my movie. <laughs> boobs are good. <laughs> I like boobs. Hey, yeah, yeah, I like yeah. I like boobs. Give eh? me a couple jugs, uh, and I'll just like bounce them in my face, huh? <laughs> How many? How many um, cancelled actors are in these films? I'm just, I just sort of stuff because you've Shit. got Mel Gibson, Steven Seagal, Charlie Sheen. Wait, 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 wait. And then you've got wait, wait. Is Charlie really cancelled, or is he just Charlie's crazy? got some shit? Charlie's Whoa. got some shit. If you if you look him up, um, but then also uh, what's her name? Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, Lindsay yeah. Lohan. Yeah, and um, Amber Heard. Is that who it is? Yeah. Yeah, Amber Heard's cancelled now. And, like, this movie... What did she do? She um, lied about Johnny Depp beating her up. Well, that's the that's the well, allegation. There's allegations on both sides here. Like, if we're yeah, going to yeah. believe the girls, we have to believe the guys. So it could be... Hey, they may mm. both have beaten each other up. But, it, 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 like, because a lot of these, like, Lindsay Lohan, Mel Gibson, Charlie Sheen, these were all cast after their kind of... Meltdown? Yeah, mm. their, their big kind of meltdown. And so I think that... There's a deliberate choice to cast those kind of actors because the films that they are sending out, the exploitation films, they and and like black exploitation, all those kind of films from the you know sixties, seventies, they would the only a list as or like you know mainstream celebrities they can get are ones that for whatever reason aren't in the public eye anymore, and that's why we talked about um, spaghetti westerns um, hmm. a, a while ago that. It's a, you can only the American stars you get are either up and coming or over the hill. Mm. Yeah, and I guess as well it's a proximity or not a proximity thing. A um, like if you if you make a movie that the whole point is to cast thirty different A listers in it, you know the the bigger the pool is, the more likely it is you're going to get some controversial with with every new a lister you cast you're running the risk of the rolling the dice that they're secretly yeah. A, yeah piece of <laughs> yeah. shit um so i thought it'd be fun to very quickly to tweet danny trejo um <laughs> oh so i'm gonna retweet that hold on yeah you're gonna retweet it fuck yeah so i've written hey uh at official danny t we're a podcast from new zealand and we recently covered spy kids and machete on our show we'd love a chance to interview you over skype for a future episode would this be possible i don't know how act like he his twitter is active but i don't think he runs it yeah he's got one of those kind of twitters though <laughs> yeah so i'll tweet it and see what happens um so there you go the tweet is the tweet is twat um <laughs> And we're going to move through now while Phil uh, retweets that tweet for us. Um, we're going to move through to our, our final segment, um, which is continue the franchise, uh, where we all pitch our own ideas for sequels. Um, but before we do, there is, of course, a the, the, the ever-looming, lingering sequel thread of the third film, uh, which is called Machete Kills Again in Space, which is teased... Uh, at the end of the first film, and then the second film, for some reason, opens with a trailer for it. Did you guys... Is that the yeah, same yeah, on your yeah. versions? Yep. It opens yep. with, a, with a trailer for the third film, which spoils certain elements from the preceding film. Like, <laughs> I worked out what was going to happen in Machete Kills because uh, I saw I, the trailer I think for- you, um, you used preceding incorrectly. Preceding? Uh, the succeeding film. Like, because preceding means the film that came before it. Because uh, okay. I was like, Pro- why proceeding? wouldn't it spoil it? Um, well, the opposite of proceeding IMDb, is succeeding. Right. 
The, according to IMDb, the story will expectedly follow Machete chasing Mel Gibson's Voz, who flees to outer space after attempting to start a nuclear war on Earth. Um, to just briefly touch on titles, as we often talk about on the show, uh, an actual t- in space title being titled in space would be quite monumental for this podcast because <laughs> I've been making the in space sequel joke since episode two, and it's we've never actually covered one that's actually called Da 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 in space. Um, so last year, Trio had the following update on Machete Kills in Space. He said, this is verbatim, Machete Kills in Space. Yeah, uh, Robert's, Robert's doing, you know, working on, working on it. It's going to be, when that comes out, it's going to just be just unbelievably crazy. I would say that uh, <laughs> Robert has his own timetable for doing stuff. I know he's working on a big movie right now. Um, and if this were any other director, I'd say Machete Kills in Space probably isn't happening uh this long after his last film but this is the guy who made once upon a time in mexico spike is four and sin city two all three of which came out around 10-ish years mm. after the previous entry <laughs> um but in a in a shocking case of serendipity as recently as within the last 24 hours at the time of this recording treo did an interview with sci-fi.com where he said he's so sick of waiting for rodriguez that he might just direct machete kills in space himself and also indicated that he's begun writing the script himself too yes i want this so bad do you Hmm. i feel like it could turn out terrible fuck yeah i don't know if trejo's a a writer director so here's what he does okay Mm -hmm. he writes the uh, one sheet of the story, what he wants, like, not big points that happen, just, like, a basic story, yeah. pretty much, go into space, laser machete, in a spaceship, mm. I end up meeting up all these crazy fucking aliens, Yeah, and then he has, he gets his ass kicked, of course, because he's not scared to lose a fight like some big eagled people from another giant franchise <laughs> that you guys did, um, and... He comes back, he ends up winning, you know, but his ship now shoots laser machetes. And nice. that's, that's how he, Jesus, I just gave away my, my sequel. God that, damn no, it. That's, that's, that's a good sequel. It's a good sequel. It's fun. <laughs> so yeah, so he laser that shoot, the guns shoot laser machetes and he ends up cutting up Mel Gibson's shot, uh, thing. And then he turns around, it ends with him turning around, looking at the camera and goes, machete don't text. Very cool. So that that's yeah. your that's your sequel that's idea. That's mine. This, this it went from me telling you exactly what he's going to do to my sequel. That's so good. yeah, he he writes his one sheet. He gives it to an official writer. Um, I'm not me. Um, I do the one sheet. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it. We'll um, do it. And you'll do it. They they write the script. It's you know probably twenty six to thirty pages long because it's not going to be very heavy in uh, dialogue. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, and then they, he can direct it because, well, mm. look, he's been on like thousands, so he's kind yeah, of, he's not going to pull late, Bruce yeah. Willis. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Pulling up his uh, IMDb here. You're going to see if he's directed anything before. Yeah, I want to see if he's directed something because uh, it'd be great. Um, yeah. If we inter- interview him, AJ, we should ask if he wants us to write and direct it. Okay, no, that's a good idea. I'm sure we as two white New Zealanders have like the <laughs> cultural like heritage imbued within us enough to. Be I'm able putting to write this now that down film. that if you guys do interview him, one, fucking amazing. Mm. Two, if you guys do get him to agree for you guys to write and direct, or just write or just direct, I want a part in the movie. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll be the you'll be the head villain, Phil. You'll be the the man yes. in the silver mask who. They, they say is Leonardo DiCaprio, but is subject, subject to, change. to change. And then presumably <laughs> is Mel Gibson. Um, uh, yeah, he's never, never directed, directed anything. Yeah. 398 oh, actor credits, though. You must learn something. <laughs> yeah, like, come on, you've d- directed, like, and plus he's good friends with uh, both uh, Tarantino and Rodriguez. So, like, you know, if he has any questions, he can call up either one of them because they're the king of mm. grindhouse films, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. And they can give him a, a little working. But look, when an actor turns director, nearly all his actor buddies will will help him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. true. And from all the stuff I've read about Trejo, about how amazing he is on set, like he he goes like everybody, he talks to everyone on set. Like you're the best boy, the grip, whatever. He's talking to you. He treats you like you're uh, a huge star. 
So, like, I have no doubt that if he chooses to direct, even if he can't direct his way out of a paper bag, I guarantee you... This heartwarming, earnest attempt from a 75-year-old man to direct a huge special effects heavy space opera. Um, Yeah. That's Um, why I want to interview him, because I feel like he'd make us feel like rock stars. Um, (laughs) No doubt that if you guys get an interview with him, even if it's like 20 minutes, you're going to walk away there like you're superstars. And if anybody, out of all the podcasts I listen to, apart from one other well, it's not New Zealander. It's a it's an Australian podcast. I think you guys probably have the best chance. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, uh, hopefully, he feels the same way. Um, Richard, <laughs> I just retweeted it, so you know it's going down. Ah, oh, great, excellent. <laughs> Richard, what's your continued? All franchise? right, so because um, Machete Kills in Space is so like right there already, uh, what I've done is I've pitched a sequel to that. Um, so I'm I'm skipping one film. Hypothetically, we have this. Um, so um my film uh i I was trying to think of other like sequely tropes like real pulpy kind of ones um Mm -hmm. and then there seems like the obvious place to go after space is time travel um and so i've got a couple ideas how it can go but here's the people because it's another franchise almost like um fast and furious or the mcu where it's like what actors do we would we like to see in there so uh these are the people that i'm adding to the cast so freddie prince jr Mm-hmm. Amanda Bynes, yeah, yeah, Jack Nicholson, Gary Busey, and Michael Richards. <laughs> um, so all actors okay. that we don't hear of hear from very much anymore, um, whether that's by With choice or by society's past. choice, um, yeah, yeah. or choosing to say certain words on stage. At <laughs> yeah. Um, so not pointing any fingers um i don't have much in the way of plot well there's two, two ideas obviously the obvious one would be he goes back in time and kills hitler um but then i thought um that one other and michael idea- richards plays hitler <laughs> oh, my God. oh jesus <laughs> um that you have um yeah or the other idea i had was um and then it was kind of ruined by the by getting to the end of uh machete kills because there's a shot of machete fighting um another machete but i thought yeah the, the villain is like a mecha machete um yeah, and it was yeah. called and it's called machete kills machete very cool nice i have not too dissimilar of an idea for a, it's like an just another sequel wherever you want to put it yeah um and it's machete goes to russia and fights like the Russian equivalent of Machete, and it's called Machete vs. Kalashnikov. <laughs> Ooh. Um, who, the, who plays Kalashnikov? I, dude, I looked for famous Russian actors. I couldn't find it's, a um, single one. I, 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 I uh, Dolph Lundgren, surely. Oh, yeah, yes. I was, I was going to jump in. He's, of course it's Dolph He's Lundgren. the most famous Russian non-Russian there is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> there just Machete versus Ivan Drago. Um, yes, fuck yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Machete vs. Kalashnikov, um, and the the, tr- the 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 tagline for that would be like, um, "You just bought a gun to a machete fight." Yes, <gasps> or something oh. along those lines. No, that's perfect. <laughs> you just brought a mach- a gun to a <laughs> machete fight, <laughs> and then, then in parentheses, but the, to be fair, the gun does have a knife on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah so- he has no bullets. He's just using it as a bayonet. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you very much for coming on the show, Phil, and talking about Machete with us. Um, If people want to find your show, where do they go? All right, time to get into the zone. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I am, of course, Phil Better from The Phil Better Show. I am one half of the duo that handles it. The other one is DJ Overflow MTL, the best DJ in Montreal. We can be found at very simply searching Phil Better Show on all your social medias. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. That's Facebook. Just Phil Better Show. It's spelled P-H-I-L better not f-e-e-l just in case you guys want to feel better better about yourselves (laughs) um yeah we do we have a show that drops every thursday um and we talk about movies and all that our latest episode uh kind of get derailed because uh because of wrestling um just gets brought up we start talking about wrestling it happens we go on a lot of tangents um and i i have bad focus so sometimes i just choose to change the topic last minute and mm. al has to deal with it or <laughs> dj overflow has to deal with it nice 
cool, cool. Well, I'll put links to that down in the show notes below. And as usual, if you want to find Cold Popshire, we're on all the social medias as Cold Popshire. Or you can email us at media at gmail.com. Uh, and to end the show, we are going to announce the Patreon-voted uh, next franchise that we're going to be doing. So over the next fortnight and sort of like the start of the spooky season, uh, we're going to be covering the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, franchise. Oh, no. Nope. <laughs> Fills out. Hell no. <laughs> uh, and I'm so out. That, that was voted on by our patrons, and we will be doing. I want to. I'm. I want to say exclusively scary things for all of October. Ooh. That episode will technically come out end of September. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the start of the the way to fit three franchises into a film franchise fortnights into a month yeah. is to start at the end of one. Um, so yeah, be be sure to tune in for that. And uh, thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye bye now. <laughs>